I'm happiest in the saddle. <laughs> a fellow sportsman. I am an FBI agent. Great Scott. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, and welcome to Retro Ramble. I'm Charlie McGee. I'm George McGee. And this time, dear listeners, we are taking a retro ramble back to the glorious year that is 1988 to review Richard Donner's Scrooged. So, George, like our listeners, I would hope for this episode, you'll love it. Uh, You'll love it. What can people expect? What are we going to be covering in this sort of episode? We're back in the 80s. It's Christmas. Why did we pick this film? I think that's probably something we're going to talk about because this is a big film to us at any rate. Yeah, it's a big film to us, but I would expect that it's going to be on a you know a top 10 Christmas films list. It's going to be, whilst it probably is not right going to be... Right up there. It's not going to be, whilst it might not be top five, it's definitely going to be in a top 10 for a lot of people. I would, I would hope so anyway. I mean... You know, Bill Murray. Top, top five would be like top eighties Christmas films featuring Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Well, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's right probably up probably number one. <laughs> it's right up there. But yeah, you know, obviously Bill Murray is was powerhouse in the eighties. Yeah, I've I've got some interesting trivia about Bill Murray and this this film. But yeah, he's uh, a big presence. Yeah, it's a big film for us, which we'll get into. It's a Richard Donner film, you know, we've we've covered quite a few Richard Donner films and I think one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan of, of Richard Donner is because he, he's tackled so many genres and uh, this is a great example of him doing comedy. So, yeah, it'll be good to get into that. Excellent. So if you've listened before, you know what to expect. If you've not listened before, what should we warn people with? George and I are brothers, uh, so expect usual brother banter and the like. So yeah, the whole point of this podcast is Charlie and I will be revisiting the films of our youth. Uh, so that means we'll be going into spoilers from the very off. Uh, as Charlie said, we're brothers, so expect some juvenile humour and maybe some mild swearing. So be careful when listening to this in public if you have children or small people around. Um, but we we hope to shine a bit of uh, trivia on these films. What made them so great? You know, do they still hold up? Have they been remade, spun off, etc.? Ultimately, we aim to entertain. So, and we want you to go back and revisit these films if you haven't done recently already. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just we're celebrating this era. It's like we we do this podcast because you know you talk to people about these, you know, the nine eighties, the nine nineties films, and be like, yeah, they were great films, and that's. All we're doing, we're revisiting them in the hope of inspiring that you do the same. So, um, to kick us off, uh, George, have we got a, a trailer that we can drop in? Is that good to go? Trailer is good to go. Excellent. Okay, well, we'll be back in a minute. Hit the trailer. Okay. Seven o'clock, Psycho sees Santa's workshop, and only Lee Majors can stop them. In the night, the reindeer die. Be here. You can't show that commercial. That thing looked like the the Manson family Christmas special. Think I'm way off base? Yes, you're you're a tad off base, sir. Frank Cross is more than the youngest network president in television history. Call security. Have him change his locks and toss him out of the building. Oh, he's fine. 
Christmas. Thank you. Call the county. Stop his bonus. Watch out. He's a thoughtful boss. Thanks, boys. Get the nurse. A generous brother. What did he give you last year? Uh, I don't remember. A shower curtain. Did you hear him? I think you dropped something here. And a true humanitarian. I can't get the antlers glued onto this little guy. We tried crazy glue. Have you tried staples? But his life is about to change. You are going to be visited by three ghosts tomorrow at noon. Tomorrow's bad for me, Lou. As a matter of fact, the whole rest of the week is a washout. Anyone who thinks he hates Christmas is wrong. It's ghosts he hates. Bill Murray. Karen Allen. It sounded like you'd seen a ghost. A ghost? John Forsythe. Bobcat Goldthwait. Hey! You want to see me or is this a shotgun in your pocket? You know this one? Everybody knows this one at school now. Now does everybody know this one? Carol Kane. Robert Mitchum. I really care. David Johansson. Oh, I'm having the weirdest day. See Bill Murray get Scrooged. Hey, back off, big man. That may work with the checks, but not with me. Wow, I'm just covered in nostalgia. Even just seeing that trailer, as I was... <laughs> Uh, when I went back and watched that film. So, George, is that, uh, well, first of all, what did you think of that trailer? Well, I, I'm pretty sure that's the Goonies music, right? I was going yeah. to raise that. I was like getting, uh, I was like, where oh, where are the, um, isn't that, that, he didn't have anything to do with that, Richard Donner. I was going to I was going to make a joke saying, I hope they checked with the director, because yes, it is Richard Donner. Okay. But yeah, it's a different uh, gravelly voice guy. It's not uh, the Don LaFontaine that I think they get for the actual movie. Yeah. Um, but yes, I don't think I've seen that trailer before, but it gets all the sort of the key beats and everything. Uh, they introduce the entire cast in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's <laughs> anybody or, out. A, a, any surprise cameos, are, yeah, all ruined. And I think that's the, yeah, the thing about this, this film. It does have quite a cast in it. Of of maybe not the the biggest you know uh, actors, but I mean, well, obviously Robert Mitchum's pretty big, um, but uh, it has got you know, oh, it's that guy and it's that person, and it's got some good people popping up in it, some familiar faces. Our friend from Gremlins, Brian Cummings, <laughs> Gremlins Two. Oh yes, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, J- John Brian you, Cummings, yeah, John Glover, Bryce, Bryce Cummings, yeah, the amazing John Glover, yeah, yeah, uh, who did not make enough films that we've seen at any rate. So, um, well, I think we should really, uh, just to explain why, uh, cause we've only really done, uh, technically five Christmas movies cause we do them at Christmas. It's a monthly podcast. Mm. So for number six, we've picked Scrooge. And I think probably the best thing to say, yes, there are a lot of other Christmas movies out there from the eighties, but this one was a big film for us. George, wasn't it? And uh, I just think that's probably a good place to start. 
because uh, I mean, for me, I guess it was related to the fact that Ghostbusters, Bill Murray, eighties Bill Murray, there was that link. But what what do you think of when you think of this film in terms of why it's been so, why it was such a big film for us? Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely part of that. You know, we. Um, seem to grow up with with Bill Murray films on on regular rotation or at least the three being Caddyshack Ghostbusters uh and this and then you know there's uh, I'm probably you know Groundhog Day is a, is a huge film for a lot of people but yeah I think for, for us I think it's got that it's resonated so well that we just love Bill Murray's sort of deadpan dry sense of humor and in, and in this he's such a shit <laughs> so it just it's just him being so like you know again it's like you know peter vankman is not a very likable character he's, <laughs> he's a bit of a creep he's a bit of yeah. a dick but he gets all the best lines you know he steals the show in ghostbusters and uh, i don't think there's any nasty things you can say about carl the groundskeeper in caddyshack but again Murray, you know, steals the show. Um, again, we've we've yet to cu- cover Caddyshack. I'm sure we will at some point. It's the one film that all of our close fans, friends, and family keep asking for. So I don't know when will be a good yeah. time, or to... whether we do a, a, a golfing double with that and Happy Gilmore. That might be the way forward. Yeah, or make, I don't know. I don't know about. Um, I do love both of those films, but I almost feel like. We should probably do, I think Caddyshack, I could happily talk about for an hour. We could probably do an episode on that. But if we were doing Happy Gilmore, I'd be like, Happy Gilmore versus every other Adam Sandler film. That's, that's true. That's that could true. be a good episode where we mainly put Adam Sandler. He's, he's a um, But yeah, I think that's it. Like, you know, we've, we've always been big fans of his, his style of comedy. And I think we, enjoy most of his you know mainstream movies I, I think his obviously his sort of the the twilight of his career he's gotten into more sort of art housey he's mainly just seems to be funding his way on wes anderson movies um but you know he's um he's, he's quite a personality and i think yeah for us this is one of our probably most repeatedly watched bill murray films yeah i think for me there's there's something there that taking it back to ghostbusters you know i think i I said when we covered that i was very young when i went to see what is a film i wouldn't be comfortable watching showing my seven-year-old uh son right now i saw when i was six so i was like scared of those dogs and what what have you but the light relief that he provided in that he was kind of like my protagonist you know very much in that film Mm. so somewhere very and also the comedy and yeah you know you talk about those other films caddyshack and this um I just remember you and I love love watching this because we knew that there's these other films, that these other Christmas films, and yeah. you'd even put the uh, what we did last year with the Glendinnings, the uh, you know the Griswolds. It's a Christmas film about Christmassy things. It's really Christmassy, you know. Yeah. Whereas this this is a different type of Christmas film. You know, this is like you know that Christmas is happening, um, sort of thing, and that's that's the holiday. But it was the fact that this was. Uh, I mean, I have what I have to talk about. Uh, we, we can go into this now about like what it was like to go back and watch it was that I enjoy watching this film. It doesn't change for me. Um, I read a few reviews before I sat down to watch it. And there was those people like saying it's mean spirited. It starts strong and it falls apart and it's it, that it's mean comedy. And I was like, 
George and I love all of the jokes. And we did, didn't we? We thought they were yeah. hilarious. And me watching it again, even after reading those reviews, yeah. I sat down because I sat down watching it last night thinking, maybe it is mean. I was like, no, no, I still love these jokes because I feel that we are watching the film. We're watching the story through Frank's eyes, through him. Yeah. And I, I think that to me, that's the genius of this film. And there's not enough. There was so, what I'm trying to say is there's so much sugar coated Christmas movies that exactly. this is, this is a genius move. It's like, Oh no, we're not only going to make Scrooge the bad guy and everyone else is going to be nice because there's enough sugar coated stuff in this film, but he's such a shit. He's such it, a it, shit. It just works so well. And it's, it's just such a perfect marriage to choose somebody like, uh, Bill Murray to do that. Mm. And I think um, we're probably sort of jumping into it a bit too soon, but I think the the whole fact that this is a loose interpretation of A Christmas Carol and A Christmas Carol is usually quite a boring story about, an, well, apart from The Muppets Christmas Carol, that's that's a different thing. But it's usually, a, you know, a, a grumpy old man shuffling along or he hates everyone, whereas this, he's... He's a yuppie. He's a young, yeah. the youngest TV executive, you know, in in history and what what have you. And yeah, I suppose he's a a protagonist that you love to hate. But it captures so much of. And what's crazy is how much the world has changed since. I'm not even thinking. Richard Donner gave us lethal weapon in uh, what was two. So this is two or three so, years previous or the no, so, so, year before. Year before, so he he sandwiched this film between Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon Two. <laughs> That's nuts. I mean, obviously there is a big difference between Lethal Weapon Two and Lethal Weapon. You can see the world and his shooting style, and but I, I want to talk about that for a second because this film looks amazing. The effects are to this day, for me, impressive. Physical yeah. effects. Yeah, even, I've got that in my though, notes. Yeah, just like I think it did actually. I don't think it won, but it definitely got nominated for the makeup there as an Oscar. I can I can believe yeah. that. Uh but yeah, I mean talking about, you know, the whole the Dickens thing is the fact that we've obviously there's the Muppets Christmas Carol, uh that that you mentioned and I can remember But I don't remember growing up with that. I, I remember discovering that pretty much with my own daughter because she was into the Muppets at an early age. I was like, Oh, I've seen bits of this, let's give this a watch. Whereas I know that has a big fan following them and i've grown of which love. you are part of now <laughs> I'm, I'm right on the muppets train now yeah i mean i always like the muppets i just bizarrely never got really around to seeing muppets christmas carol um but that is a classic but sorry i, I, I just jumped in on that but um i think that was that was early 90s muppet christmas carol. i think 93 maybe well we had we had ducktales with scrooge mcduck yes very much that- from the that's Disney. true. Is that Disney? I get confused. Yeah, that's Disney. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, I think that's the thing with with this with uh Christmas Vacation, it yeah, it does what it does have elements of schmaltz. You know, I think the whole thing about the joke about the the Christmas vacation is that Clark's trying to have the perfect Christmas and everything is just an absolute shambles. Yeah, it's a disaster, every- family disaster. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And it all works out, you know, in, in a way. But yeah, with this, I think, yes, it's, it is the mean spiritedness of it that he, I say, it's just, he's such a loathable, uh, character, but Bill Murray sometimes it just has that charm to, to pull it off. But I, I think the delivery of it's like what came first, this character or Bill Murray, you know, because yeah. I feel like it was him. I feel like it was, um, 
I think Donna's. I, I mean, this is why I, I don't know if it's it's maybe it's not on the public record. But my question would be like, Donna said, like, I want to do a Christmas movie. I'm gonna make it about a yuppie, and it's gonna be based on Scrooge. And I think there's only one person for the part. It's Bill Murray. So I'm gonna talk to him, and then they made Frank Cross together. Do you know what I mean? I feel like. It must have been that sort of. Uh... Well, it's, uh, it's a little bit like that. But I'll, I'll get into that after we've we've talked about. Well, we're kind of going through first memories now. But I, I can still in my mind's eye remember the the BBC Christmas lineup program teaser trailer. You know, like they used to do because you know in the the pre internet days and everything that you got excited about when a film was was debuting on television and especially the Christmas lineup was always amazing. Yeah. And I remember us getting really excited. It's like, Oh, they're putting on Scrooge. They're putting on Scrooge. And uh, yeah, I remember I, cause there, there are, I suppose there are parts in it at the time I would have been, well, probably by the time it was on telly, I probably would have been, I know seven or eight. Uh, and I do remember there were bits that are on the borderline scary, especially with the, the monsters in the Chris uh, goes to Christmas future, yeah, and death. and um, his old boss is it Lou. Um, he's got someone with the, the like his arm ripping off and stuff. That's quite you know nasty yeah. for for a PG. I just remember this being a film that we were like, oh no, we got to watch this, we got to watch this, and the fact that I just, it just felt very fresh to me. I just always remember it. We were just like. It's funny. Even it, it, for me, it was the introduction to. I mean, I say I read those reviews. It's mean spirited humor. It's like, yes, but it's the device of the joke. The joke is yeah. funny, and it doesn't always need to be. You know, every, there's always somebody that suffers in comedy. There have to. There has to be for the joke to work. You know. So yeah. Um, I just think he is so well positioned in this role. Like you, you see it. We saw it in the trailer just there. How he's taking the taxi and how he's dealing with that guy at the start. We used to laugh about how it's security. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I want him on the street, and he's got a telescope, and he's watching. He's like, so it's. I don't know. For me, it's just the right sort of balance. So I sat down to watch this this time round. With this, these reviews that I'd read going, maybe I have, look, my, maybe I am getting all nostalgic and looking back with rose tinted, you know, glasses mm. of this. I watched it through. It definitely passed the, I laughed out loud. It definitely passed the five laugh test. I loved it for all the same reasons that I always love this film. I'm yeah. so happy to have gone and watched it. It doesn't, it, it, nothing has changed for me about this film other than the fact it's just solidified as that's why it's the sixth Christmas film we're covering on this, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, it's similar for me. I think, uh, like the other Christmas films that we've covered, the I think it's just been one of those films that I go to time and time and again. Um, I watch it fairly regularly, at least every couple of years. And yeah, I do. I do really enjoy it. I mean, I think this time round, I the one thing I did pick up on, and it sounds like it was one of the point that maybe your one of those reviews uh, you pulled up. I did find the 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 redemption at the end happens very quickly and that whole speech he does to the to the camera is a bit random um but i've read up on it and i can work out why because he improvised the whole thing and completely completely ignored the script and i was like this is like he's a bit sort of ranting and going off and really tangent i was like i just thought this time around watching it i've never really paid too much attention to it but i was just like he's all over the place (laughs) But yeah. I suppose he's he's having that realization, and I think the the writers were a bit pissed off when they saw him like 
just going completely off script and and doing it, but Donna was completely fine with it. Yeah, I th- I think it it does all sort of wrap itself up a bit, you know. Like he did, it's almost like he doesn't suffer enough because I, yeah. I just like we all know the Dickens' tale, and in that it's like you know the little Timmy or whatever. All of that is like you see the the Cratchits or whatever they're called, but like that because of his actions, people die. You know yeah. that that people. It's whereas in this, it's just kind of like you're going to die and nobody's going to love you. You're going to die alone. He's like, I don't yeah. want that, and that's his redemption. Whereas. Yeah. The classic Dickens is is the look at what you have done. Look at look yeah. at how many other people's lives you've ruined. Yeah, and that's very much his redemption. Is just like he's not only just happy to be alive, but he wants to change his ways. So obviously, we get that at the end. And yeah. I didn't I didn't know what you just said there about the fact that he improvised the whole thing. But that I, that makes it seem more genuine that that it's like a, a eureka moment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, true. And that's it. It kind of, it does like, he's like, oh my God, I've discovered all these things. But I just thought, yeah, this is a bit, bit random. But, um, yeah, it's weird. I've seen the film countless times and never really picked up on it. Uh, but I still, I say, really enjoy this film. I think it's, um, I say it's one of my go-to Christmas movies. There's, there was something saying in the, uh, in the reviews about the misogyny in it. I was like, Get off that man. It's, it's the eighties. No, but you know, the whole thing about the, you can see her nipples. It's like, you can't really see her nipples. It's like, boys, can you see? And they're really looking. <laughs> yeah. And I know, but that's, I think that's the whole thing about, and again, it's, TV. it's quite, quite funny how sensational TV and the fact that, yeah, times have changed. Uh, the TV industry's massively changed, but there's still a lot of things that they're desperate to get ratings and get the biggest stars in. And yeah, getting these sexy girls as the dancers that has nothing to do with nothing this. to do with Scrooge. Yeah, nothing to do with Scrooge. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get into it. I mean, um, what an opening to this film and i think it is one of the one of the best and biggest jokes in this film is the the movie within a movie well i mean it's the fact let's just talk about that because for me i felt so many i was getting like shivers of the simpsons yeah family, this is what before family guy before simpsons this was it you know this was what zany ideas and it's like we've got it i just remember you and i laughing out loud and i did this time where it's just like it's a missile santa santa they're attacking the north pole and they've got mrs claus with uzis going get them get them and then it's just the fact there's like someone turns up to save them but it's still it's lee majors oh playing it's cameo himself. it's lee majors you've been a good boy lee <laughs> but that's it i just love the fact that he's not playing a character it's like oh no lee, lee majors has turned up to save us but you know that i was a big fan when uh i think you're probably too young to remember but the i fall, was a- fall guy very big fan of the fall guy uh i think forced uh mum dad to buy me like just a pickup truck car right toy you know it wasn't they didn't have they didn't have any merch like whatsoever yeah. so it was like well he really i was like i just want the truck from the, just from, give me the, truck. From, the sh- from the show and it was uh that's very much a dukes of hazard thing we will we have had some fans ask uh some, some of you listeners have asked when are you going to cover TV, and we're not sure how we're going to cover it. Yeah, how best to cover it. We talked about the A-Team and Miami Vice and stuff like that, so there's a few there's things a that we've... I put Jukes yeah. of Hazard, Fall Guy, uh, Mask, Transformers. Ooh, now you're there's, teasing, a, there's, teasing there's, 
Night Rider. X-Men. Shape Raider. Shape Kid, I'm in a tight spot. Kill everybody. Kill everybody. Yeah, so um, I, what I'm saying is I got I got the cameo. Like, even first time around, it's like, if the fact they were, like, saying, it's Lee Majors, my reaction yeah. was, it's the Fall Guy. And it's like, yeah. no, his real name is... <laughs> yeah. With um, a Gatling gun. <laughs> and, well, uh, trivia, that is the same Gatling gun from Predator. That is Old Painless. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder what Richard Dunn is doing with what he did with that gun after this. Well, I've got to use it somewhere else now. Well, I mean, I, I, I hope I, he I, gave it to Arnie. Did he give it I, to Arnie for T2? Because th- I mean, that would make me die happy. I mean, I've, uh, I've got my, um, I've got my notes. I, I'm, you know, I really want to see that film, The Night the Reindeer Died. And there's also <laughs> this part of me that are surprised Paramount in this age of like mining IPs that they haven't turned it into a genuine film by now. Yeah. So what's the story? What's the story? Well, basically, uh, assassins, terrorists try to take out Santa. Yeah. And there's only one guy that could stop them. But it is such a Simpsons spinoff. It's like a Simpsons breakaway ad. Uh, As you say, you know, it massively, it, it's n- probably no doubt influenced a lot of like family guy humor. And it is that, as you say, what are the most wackiest Christmas ideas, TV ideas can we get? And again, I really, really want to see Bob Goulet's Cajun Christmas. Oh, my God. I, was, I knew that you would laugh out that. I said, I'm Robert Goulet. Silver bells. So, we, so we've got, and he's just like worried about the crocodile coming out. Know, the Cajun Christmas and the fact that it wasn't Rose Robert Goulet in Naked Gun. Yeah, Naked Gun 2. He's uh, the bad two and a half. guy. Yeah. <laughs> the Petermans. Dripping. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think I just love some of the ideas. And you've got, yeah, you've got the slimy execs. You've got the, you've got first of a few um, Richard Donner lethal weapon cameos. So you have, uh, is it Mary Ellen Trainer, the girl, the psychologist yeah. from Lethal Weapon? And the Bill's being very creepy around. Very handsy. <laughs> um, but you also have the amazing Bobcat Gold. Goldthwait, also known as Zed from Police Academy. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he was only ever in this in Police Academy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he went on to become like a a sort of arty indie director and doing some really sort of weird comedies and stuff. He's still okay. keeping himself busy, but yeah, to to the Joe public, it is mainly this and and oh, it's Zed from from. But I, uh, I can't Police wait. Academy. We we haven't touched any of that. We forget that they're in our wheelhouse, the whole police academy. There's a lot of police academy out there. How many would we just have to do them all? It wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be fair. I mean, just talk. Why did you think I took you to see all those police academy movies for fun? Well, (laughs) I didn't hear anyone else laughing. Did you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we could do a. uh, a, I feel like we'd have to do the the first one separately and then all of the rest. Is there six? Is there six? I only, I think you and I only got up to five, which is the Miami Beach one. We uh, we saw the Miami one, yeah. We, we, saw that at the, we saw that at the cinema. But we didn't, I don't think we went as far as seeing Mission to Moscow. No, I don't think we did. Uh, so yeah, oh my God, there's so much gold in the, in the, in the especially in the mid to late 80s. Uh, um, and yeah, you, you have obviously the <laughs> horrendous um, teaser that Bill Murray's Frank Cross has put together with the acid rain <laughs> <laughs> domestic terrorism it's terrifying but it is I, I that, that vision of the uh, what, what's the thing on the on the highway highway shootings it's like yeah. that image is live with me forever it's like what would you do 
Like if you're in your car and someone did that, your life's over. And it's just like, <laughs> it's so dark. So dark. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. And he's uh, loving it. He's eating it. He's like, you know, yeah. it's like, he's, he's wording it out. It's like uh, an IBC. It's just so much. There's so much of 80s iconography bottled in this film. Yes, absolutely. Um, you've also got some great uh, cameos uh, from the wider Bill Murray family. So I noticed it's like I'm not making this movie unless you put my brother in it contract. Well, yeah, I, I saw he um, uh, in an interview on Terry Wogan f- f- promoting this. And he he picks up. He's like, oh, I see you've got a few of your your, your family in this. He's like, yeah, they weren't paying me enough, so I insisted they put in my family. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you've got Brian Doyle Murray as his dad, playing his dad yeah. in the the past flashbacks. But I didn't realize this is the first time I watched it, and I was like, his brother looks very much like a Murray. And I was like, oh yes, that's that's uh, John Murray, Bill Murray's younger brother. So his brother in this is actually his brother. Yes, his younger so brother the, in this so is that, his younger that, brother in real life. So that chemistry they have is is not just good acting. Yeah. yeah. Because I was just like, he looks a bit like Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, so, yes. And that's the first time I'd say I've watched this countless times. And I was like, <laughs> they're finally the penny dropped. And I was like, Ugh. But I mean, uh, we, we've skipped over, but it's just like, in terms of the, what I do like about this film is that in, in the Dickens novel, it's like Scrooge has lots of money. He has the power to help other people decides not to in this they build up how much you you and i jokingly said it's like oh he really is a shit but like yeah the extent is going to it's like hand towel vcr you know well, she's going and well again this. showing as you say johnny pinnacle of the 80s what is the ultimate high value gift vcr vcr now it'd be like ipad yeah yeah uh, yeah it would be it would yeah, be, be like or, uh, or, or o- o- oculus oculus classes okay yeah, yeah this guy it would be very very different but uh that stuck with me even till now because i think the first time we watched it that still sounded impressive and then as yeah. the years have gone and we're like that would probably be a dvd player that would probably be a playstation 5 <laughs> but yes you have that that whole lineup of just how horrible he is uh, with his lovely executive suite uh, we we touched on the amazing John Glover has his slimy rival, uh, Bryce Cummings. Just coming as a consultant now, coming at you pretty fast. Yeah. Let's go for drinks on the co- next time you're in the coast. So well, I don't know how best do we just want to talk about it in terms of the way of, again, you've got, you know, people like Robert Mitchum turning up in. Robert Mitchum's usually the very sort of stoic. He's either playing the bad guy or, you know, he's one of those like Hollywood royalty so I kind of forget he's such a wacky character that he's just... That they, that he's having fun. He's making fun of yeah. himself. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's... And it's the fact that he's so, like, deadpan as well. It's like, do you know how many dogs and cats there are out there? So, yeah, I think it's got some fantastic uh, cast in it. And we we haven't talked about Karen Allen. The lovely Karen Allen. I mean, she's got lovely eyes, hasn't she? I just, I just, I think anybody who's going through a difficult time in their life would like Karen Allen to turn up and tell you she's single. And would you like to just run away and spend the rest of your life with her? Just, just to smile at you and twinkle her, her lovely yeah, eyes. And she's just like, but then you're like, wait a minute, you did all that. You got kidnapped in a, in a basket. No, you were <laughs> silly. I can never get past that, Karen. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, as you say, a bit like John Glover, I don't think Carola, Karen Allen's been in enough stuff. Obviously, you know, they keep trotting her out for the odd Indiana Jones sequel. Making another her. indie film. Yeah. 
But yeah, she's she's fabulous in this as the sort of the essentially the heart of the piece that you know that brings him back to normality. But then, obviously, the, the one of the most quoted things that you and I used to talk about is is the ghosts of uh, yeah. Christmas past and Christmas peasant. You know, obviously, the amazing Carol Kane of yeah. it's a toaster. All of that, just that yeah. entire scene, is the fact that she's a bad she's a bad fairy which is yeah. the side side of them that said they have ma- magical powers. They, they're not always necessarily good. That's a great piece. And that I feel is the most eeriness because you've got the time, the two time travel bits are not as powerful as the present day one because the present day one is, this is your life right now. Yeah. This is where you've come from. It's like, Oh yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's fun and stuff like that. But like when they're doing this stuff in the present, especially with those homeless people, yeah, they, they start off being, who's that guy who's like saying, do, do dick. Do, Cause that is just so random. Yeah. Well, I don't know where that came from. It's I like, think can it's you, got can you do a good Dickie Chamberlain? Can no dad, Richard Burton. Can you do a good, I think Dickie? it came from something, um, Bill Murray used to do in Saturday night live. I think it's like a nod to hit. He did a, a Burton impression on that, and they were like, "Oh, let's just throw that in there for fun." Like, do where eagles dare? Do yeah. and so that's brilliant as a cutaway. And you notice it's got the old lady from um, Goonies. Goonies. Yeah, yeah, scary so old lady. There. Maybe she was playing her Walkman or something. That's why we have that music on the trailer. <laughs> maybe, maybe. maybe. She, came, she came with her own mixtape. Uh, I even recognised the other homeless guy because there's three of them. Uh, yes. uh, but I don't know what from whereas I recognised her for for sure and then the guy who's obviously frozen in the sewer in that dark piece he's what's he been in he's been in quite a few other things yeah I'm I'm trying to think what his place from uh, let's have a look Can I oh no I, th- I think he's I think he's uh, Colonel I think he's from Police Academy uh, that could be that could be alright I think he's like I've or I've seen him you know like we've seen him in like uh, authoritarian positions like he's a captain or a you know when when we've got to show the the um, line what's he he was in hey Charlie there's, I've just pulled up his IMDB you know what he was in he's been in a, a retro ramble cover um, the film we've covered but Tango, just, and, Tango and Cash he's, Tango he, Cash. I can he's, also he's playing you that- He's playing the Q type character in Tango and Cash. And he's also been in Basic Instinct. Uh, no, no, it's another guy. Maybe it's another guy. Uh, Who's Michael Douglas's friend who gets framed in Basic Instinct? Oh, uh, no, that's he's the guy that's also in No Way Out. Yeah. David? <laughs> no, not that guy. <laughs> not that guy. We will probably cover No oh, Way Out. I can't wait to do No Way Out. And it's such a dark like it's a it's a thriller film. It's not even there's nothing really funny to take the piss out of it, but it's an amazing film. Yes. So yeah, no, he's he's one of those actors that does just seem to pop up in random stuff. Okay, so it's Christmas. You've got a bunch of films to choose from. George and I would always gravitate towards this because it's the Bill it's the Bill Murray. It's the Bill Murray type humour. He's popped up and it's funny to see him like pop up and things like um it's not a zombie town or zombieville. What's it called? Yeah, he, he pops up in zombie. Uh, I don't know the name of it. Is, is that the name of it? Is it zombie uh, town? What is it? Or is it zombieville? Uh, Whatever it is, he's playing his own cameo. He's actually yeah, Bill yeah. Murray in that. With uh, and th- so it, yeah, he keeps zombie land. Zombie, zombie land. land. That's it. Uh, obviously, uh, lost in translation. Some of his best work. I say every other Wes Anderson. He's there, but he was in his heyday. I think I sent you a clip on Insta, which I'm trying to work out where it's from, whether it's from Stripes or from something else. What was that oh, clip yeah. I sent you? 
I think about the sex a, about the sex <laughs> sex workers. I think that's stripes or meatballs. It's one of the two. It's probably, one of those two. So yeah. those those will probably pop up on um, on mm. retro ramble revelations because so, so yeah, I haven't really uh, touched on much of the trivia. So apparently, I didn't really realize this until a few years ago, but. After the release of Ghostbusters, Bill Murray um, took a break from acting and went and lived in Paris for four years. Okay. Uh, and was kidding, considering giving up acting altogether. And so the the, um, the script for Scrooge was floating around and I think was sent to him uh, two years like before it was made. And he was like, no, nah, it's still, I'm still not going to come back. And then... Finally, yeah, it was, he thought out of all the scripts that he received that Scrooge had the most potential. The fact that it was like making a funny spin on Scrooge was quite, was quite appealing. Uh, I think he was also paid quite handsomely. He was paid six million for his role. Um, and apparently the producer said it justified every um, year he was away from his fans. So his, his fee would increase, you know, but this was, yeah, his big return to acting. And this was his first, I suppose, I think, was it Meatballs with, with John Candy, maybe or Stripes is with John Candy, but his, this was kind of seen as his first lead role that the film's completely all around him. So I think he had, he he was on board before Richard Donner was. And there has been some controversy on whether they actually got on. So there's conflicting comments. Bill Murray basically said that um, Richard Donner uh, treated it like a, um, you know, it was a great film, but there was so much that was left on the, the cutting room floor. He said Richard Donner was like treating it like a, a live movie and there wasn't time to like focus on, on certain scenes story and stuff yeah he said you know it could have been a, a really good movie the script was so good there's maybe one take in the final cut that is mine we made it so fast it was like doing a movie live he kept telling me to do things louder 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 i think he was deaf <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah he hasn't got very nice things to say about richard don richard don is a bit more level-headed he said trying to direct murray murray is a bit like directing traffic on New York's busiest streets when there's been a power cut. You don't direct Bill Murray. You um, you just try and guide him. Uh, you try and rein him in, essentially. But yeah, I think Don has had nicer things to say about it. But I think the writers feel they said that only about 40% of their script was, was made into the film. So I think Murray did have a lot of creative control but ultimately, yeah, it's, it's down to Richard Donner in terms of his, his, it's his cut. Um, so I don't think Bill Murray was overly impressed with the film. And I think it did OK box office, but it has, with a lot of Christmas films, it's just built such a cult following and repeat viewing um, because it's a Christmas movie. And also the quality of his other work. It's like, oh, well, you know, if, because he's ca- he hasn't had a bad career, you know, yeah. he's, he's gone on to do other great things. People are like, oh, well, he's in this. Let's watch it. And that's that's basically, I was reading the other day, that's how, what what separates, because they say actors get caught up in a lot of the, the art and like what they study. What separates the big actors from the small actors are the ones that people like to watch. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that's that's about it in terms of the movie overview. I haven't got much of a coulda woulda shoulda apart from the only one I can find was that for the role of the ghost of Christmas 
Pasta was going to be played originally by an American stand-up comedian and actor that I don't think you and I have really seen much of, but a guy called Sam Kinison. He was really big in America in the 80s. No. Um, but the part eventually went to David Johansson, who is a friend of Bill Murray. So he's cropped up in a few other Bill Murray projects over the years. And saying that, actually, some the one of the writers as produced um, Lost in Translation and wrote has wrote some later Bill Murray films. So they, he must have made up with them later on down the line. But as well, I've got as well as a coulda, should, coulda, woulda, shoulda, is the fact that, as I say, Bill Murray was considering uh, lots, he was getting lots of scripts to sort of try and lure him back into acting. And the ones that he turned down were Rain Man, Big and Cocktail to make this film. Wow, because Rain Man was that year, wasn't it? I remember. Yeah, speech. well, they, they they all were. They were all eighty eight. Yeah. Um. I mean, Big. We haven't again. We'll have to cover Big at some point. But Big was very close to being made with uh, Robert De Niro, and he pulled out like last minute over over pay issues. So that Big could have been a very different film. <laughs> Robert De Niro jumping around on a on a on a piano. And yeah, Cocktail. It's hard to imagine. I can imagine Bill Murray in Rain Man, but not in Cocktail. I can't well, see him wooing the lovely Elizabeth Shue in a waterfall. Yeah, the yeah, the whole thing about Cocktail is just that he's just so gorgeous. Um, and it's all glamour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, glam, glam. And <laughs> not Brian Dennehy. What's he called? Brian? Um, Brian? Not The other um, Brian. <laughs> I want to say Flanagan or something. He's got well, some... No, that's Coughlin's Law. Brian, Brian Brown. There you go, Brian Bright. Great actor, great actor. Yeah, we'll add that to the list as well. There's always there's plenty of films there's, left. So for us. We're never going to run our movies because when we do, they probably will have been remade by AI. Um, <laughs> so we'll have to uh, cover that version of it. Um, so finally, for uh, suspicious spin-offs, um, back in 2019, it was announced that Kevin Hart was attached to a, a Scrooge remake from Paramount. Fortunately, it, I can't find any news since 2019, so I think that has has died. However, Kevin Hart is still attached to remakes of both The Great Outdoors and Planes, Trains and Automobiles with Will Smith. So if you're a fan of Kevin Did Hart... Did you say Will, Will Ferrell? Will Smith. No, I think you said Will Ferrell. That, that, <laughs> that, it could work. I think Planes, Trains and Automobiles with Will Ferrell... And who would be the straight guy? Uh, or he would be the straight guy, actually. Yeah. I think, yeah, he could be the straight guy. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's what it's going to be. Oh, I can kind of see... Will Smith? Yeah, the Will... With Martin think, Lawrence. <laughs> with Martin Lawrence. I don't know, maybe it is the, the nostalgia, but I think that just seems like a bad idea of, like, I think it's, it's an, you know, whatever you think of, I think Kevin Hart can be funny. I think he can also be very annoying. He's he's good in small doses, and that's that's not a joke about his size. But I just think it's big shoes to fill. You know, with with yeah, this film may not be be perfect, but it's it's pretty much it's the Bill Murray show, and it's you've got to have that personality to to fill. Well, rather than talking about those films, something I think we always should do when there hasn't been much of a spin off or it hasn't happened uh, is I'll ask you, George, which what sort of Scrooge do you think would work in 2023? Like who, mm. who would be the actor? Who would be the vehicle? 
and how similar or different would it be from you know the tv exec like what would well, work now it's, would it- it's it's kind of been kind of been done in some ways um it's actually one of me and my wife's favorite um it's a it's a a film set at Christmas. Um, and it's more, it's fa- well, fairly recent, but, uh, just friends with Ryan Reynolds. Have you seen that where he's, a, I like, have a, not seen that. No, it's, it's, it's one of, one of our guilty pleasures. It's a very funny comedy. Ryan Reynolds is this, like, um, it starts off with him, like in a fat suit as a teenager. He's like a chubby teenager with a hot best mate and nothing ever happens. And then it cuts to, 10, 15 years later, and he's lost Cut. all the weight. He's, he's, he looks like Ryan Reynolds uh, yeah. and uh, is this very successful record producer. And he ends up, whilst trying to transport a difficult Britney Spears-esque star, which is played by Anna Faris, he gets stranded and ends up having to stay back home in his hometown and it's Christmas and he has to reconnect with all his people. So it's a very similar sort of plot, but I, I can see Ryan Reynolds pulling off that slimy sleazeball but charming sort of lovable rogue type thing i I think he'd be the sort of that kind of well he's one of the biggest you know stars but it's i say it's kind of been done in that film anyway because that is a a redemption story of obviously him learning the error of his ways yeah because like for me it would have to be i don't don't know where else you could go because it kind of has to be it's like you can do a financier or criminal, I suppose. Maybe you could do thinking of crime. You could do a politician. Um, yeah. you know, you could do a redemption sort of thing. Uh, but no, I think I was probably asking that question about, yeah, you mentioned Ryan Reynolds. That's a great shout. I was trying to think who else, who else could like be, or who else would need that in there? That's maybe another way to look at it. Who would really benefit from showing those two sides in a film? Well, I think. Well, ironically, there's someone that I would think, though his career is kind of slowed down a lot recently, um, that I was going to suggest, but then I realised he's already done it, is um, it's Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey did a mo-cap Robert Zemeckis Christmas Carol, I think about 10, 15 really? years ago. Yeah, Jim Carrey did. Yeah. But playing old Matt, it's the you know faithful adaptation of the Dickens yeah. story. But I could see Jim Carrey in his sort of even now, pulling off that, again, he d- can do that very cutting. But again, he's a very talented actor. He can do, he can sell the the heartfelt stuff as well. Well, the, if you, you, now you say now, I'm just thinking of like, Liar Liar, you know. Yeah, well, again. That, that's very much a piece of like, you're a shit, you're a yeah. lawyer. Um, well, I suppose that's it. The, the fact that it's kind know, of, the, it has Christmas, Christmas Carol is such a, a timeless classic. I mean, I think even, I remember... Bob Zemeckis saying it's the first time travel or one of the first time travel stories or one of the biggest time travel stories Yeah, um, that it's got, you know, it's a Christmas story. It's about redemption. It's about seeing the error of your ways. And, and yeah, I suppose it's, it's in some ways indirectly probably influenced a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Speaking of uh, Bob Zemeckis, just on a, a quick tangent here, sat down with Jules to watch the Polar Express. Oh yeah, and like the whole way through, I was like, I've never watched this film. Really enjoyed it, and all through I was just like, something. Can, all, what, is what that Alan Silvestri? I can hear. Oh right. And I didn't know anything about this film, and then of course I'm like, I'm going to look out for this on the credits. It's like Bob Zemeckis, and I was like, well, of course it's Alan Silvestri <laughs> then, you know, because like there's a lot of Predator Back to the Future going on anyway. Nice. Uh, yeah, that was cool. Okay, so that's our Christmas recommendation. What else 
do we need to discuss George when we're talking about Scrooge? Because we're going to put it back in its DVD, Blu-ray, VHS, probably in, but back in its box. Um, uh, probably not going to go back to it for a while. I'm probably not going to put it, yeah, but not too far away, you know, down down the uh, high up in the cupboard, or you know, the, the it is one bits. that we go back to, isn't it? Yeah, for for me, I say I go back to it. You know, some, it's in regular rotation of of I'd say for me, the three I I sort of rotate every every year um, is Die Hard, Christmas Vacation, and this. I would probably say they always get you know for my personal benefit, but then you always get you know. Elf with the kids and that's when I said home, we, home, home Alone as well with the kids. That's always gets that's you know probably going to be coming up very soon. I think Home Alone. Uh, yeah, and uh, and in and recent Elf. years, <laughs> and in recent years, my daughter has got into Jingle All the Way. Oh my so, god! That um, could, are we so going to have to wait until December to cover an Arnie film? No, no. There's there's plenty more other Arnie films for us to cover. No, but I say it, 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 for me, it's in my yeah. I'd say it's in my top five Christmas movies. It may not be for others, but I think that yeah, a lot of it is my love for the acidic turn from from Bill Murray. Great. Okay. Well, that's it. There's your Christmas recommendation. Hope you all have a wonderful uh, holiday. Enjoy well, the festive period. What I would say is, obviously, if you're new to the podcast and you haven't checked out our other Christmas episodes and you're feeling in the Christmas spirit, we have we have Gremlins, we have... Die Hard. Die Hard, obviously, Lethal Weapon, uh, Christmas Vacation. Am I missing one? Have we done I think any I'm others? missing one. Was Ghostbusters a Halloween? I think that, that was, was that was a very tenuous Halloween one. And were we that organised to actually do... We must have done Christmassy films... I think we have, but it's it's passing. It's uh, slipped slipped us by. But yeah, there's a few uh, other Christmas movies you can check out. Obviously, there's plenty of other. Yeah, we've done Ghostbusters. So if you want more Bill Murray action, you can check those out. We've done Lethal Weapon. We've done. Um, I'm trying to think what have we what other Richard Donner's other than Le- Lethal Weapon and uh, you say Goonies. 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 Goonies, yeah. Goonies. Yeah. Um, and Superman. Superman. Superman is nothing of a kind. Um, so yeah, go and check it out. Uh, we did the Donna Kebab, which was Superman 1 and 2 this year. Uh, okay. So, uh, nothing else that we need to mention, George? Well, if, if you do enjoy the podcast and you've yet to, uh, we also do a whole bunch of other stuff on our Patreon channel. So, for a few pounds a month, you'll be getting an extra episode and Charlie and I like to mix those up. So sometimes they're films, classic films that we, we never discovered first time round. So first time watchers. So that's in, included things like The Warriors, uh, Cobra, Roadhouse. Roadhouse. A lot of cult classics there that we've really enjoyed. Action Jackson is a completely bonkers movie with Carl Weathers. Uh, but we also do some nice roundups. So we've done some stuff on soundtracks, some, some rankings for, for James Bond. So yeah, if you do want, you know, you think you've listened to all the Retro Ramble episodes on the, the monthly podcast, there's a bunch of episodes you can check out there on our Patreon channel. Wonderful. And you can get us on all the social media channels. You can keep in touch with us on the blog, which is retroramble.blog. Um, and we will be back shortly. So for this episode, I've been Charlie McGee. I've been George McGee. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.